Comics. Comics. Welcome to the Omen Comics Podcast, where we talk about our experiences, influences, and tips on writing comics as the creators of the Omenverse. And as geeks, we often like to celebrate geek holidays, as well as talk about our favorite comics, television shows, and movies, too. I'm your host, Michael Nunley, and with me, as always, is my friend and co-worker, Steve Sellers. Today, Steve and I are going to be talking about our experiences writing subplots in comics, organizing large universe of characters and events, and some things we do to avoid and break through writer's block. Now, when it comes to the Omenverse, when I first wrote the story for the Omenverse, it had about a dozen plots weaved through it, both like main storylines and subplots and all of that. Uh, I tried to tell the story as one comic. Uh, but there was entirely too many subplots and co-main plots going on all at once to tell the story in a way that flowed or was easy to digest. Uh, I was constantly having to cut from one scene to the to, to the next and expecting the reader to be able to follow along with that story uh, with just that little bit of information at a time. Um, that I was doing that because there were so many things that were happening in the story all at once, and I, I was trying to I was trying to get it all to line up in the in the timeline correctly, um, but uh, trying to get a reader to to understand what I was doing there was a Herculean task at best. I mean, basically, I think the only person who could have followed it was me. Um, and that clearly defeats the purpose of writing. As uh, with writing, it's always more about how it's received than how it was intended. Um, so I took this gargantuan story I had and I broke it into six main storylines, um, which I turned into six separate titles, which turned out to be Omen, uh, White Druid of Michael Nero, uh, Gallowsman, Dragon Girl, Albino Warrior, Guardians of Elaim, and Dark Oracles. Uh, each of those main storylines has their own set of subplots that go with them, and working through how to tell them became my next big hurdle. Yeah, that, that is a challenge when it comes to doing a huge universe with a number of related offshoot titles. I mean, you want to make every series and each issue substantial and add to the larger story, but you also want every issue to work as a same self-contained unit. Uh, so I always try to structure each issue so that somebody can jump in and get a sense of what's going on, even if not everything is clear to the reader right away. So it's always that balance uh, between the big picture and the small, uh, the small stuff, basically. Um, now, when it comes to my own uh, universe, uh, my approach usually is to start small and then gradually expand in scope over time. Um, that's not only is that less of a strain on us, but I think it gives the readers a chance to connect with the characters we have and get invested with the storylines we're doing before building onwards and upwards. Um, it's kind of like building a house, basically. You know, you're kind of starting small and you're working your way up. 
Uh, but there's no right way to do it. It's just the way that works best for the story and, and how it works for you as a writer. Um, I, I ended up in a very similar place as far as where I decided to go with it. Um, I mean, I had tons of backstory and, and shared universe content uh, to go along with the, the actual main crust of the story I had at first. Uh, but, I mean, when, when I started this, I, I didn't have any idea how to pace this at all. Um, in my opinion, the biggest... The, the biggest flaw in my first three books is that I tried to tell too much story at once. Um, dividing the main storylines was just the first step. You know, that, that blade I was sharpening in the story didn't quite have the clean edge I needed yet. Uh, what I had to learn, and in some ways what I had to accept, was that I was not bound by a limited number of issues. And what I mean by that is, uh, it's not like I had signed a contract where I said, okay, I will tell this story in 10 issues and that's it. I'm cutting it off right there. Um, I, 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 I had originally started with a mindset like that. And, and uh, what, <laughs> I don't know, I guess it, one day it dawned on me that, hey, by the way, you're the publisher. You don't actually have to do that. Um, so, uh, I, you know, I, I, I freed myself of that, of that, uh, limitation, uh, and it allowed me to do kind of what you were just talking about, Steve, where I could, I could, uh, do it a little bit at a time. You know, I could pace out the, the doling of the, the backstories and the side stories. I didn't have to squeeze it all into every issue. And, uh, what's more, I learned that trying to do that made my books harder to follow. Uh, but you know, that, that's, that's one of the things that goes along with, uh, writing you, I, I think each book, uh, you end up looking back at the previous one and thinking you could have done better or you would have done this differently or, or, or what have you. But especially when you're doing something, uh, like with what I was doing, which was basically jumping in with both feet, uh, without a whole lot of back knowledge on it. Mm -hmm. Um, but Figuring that out uh, at that point is what really uh, led me to uh, learn where that line is about how much is too much. You know, I was trying to do maybe uh, three or, or four uh, storylines, you know, like I would have one main storyline, maybe even two main storylines and a couple of subplots. It just, it was way too convoluted. Uh, in my opinion, uh, two is really the maximum uh, number uh, of stories you want in a single issue. Um, any more than that and the story gets lost. So, I mean, really we're talking about like basically the main story and like one subplot per issue. Yeah, that uh, sounds pretty reasonable to me. And uh, two storylines per issue is a good real thumb. I think I kind of more or less go with that with, with Blitz, for example. Um, now, with Omenverse books, I usually have to juggle a few things. Um, there's the big picture goals that I know you want to achieve with each issue. So I, I always have to keep that in mind. So that ends up being the focus of what each issue is. Uh, so with Wydrood and Michael Nero, I mean, that's usually going to be the main mystery that uh, Nero and Lou are solving that issue and how it uh, connects to the larger in-universe storyline and everything you want to do with that. 
within that, though, um, I try to see like smaller moments, little ideas that I want to explore with the characters. Uh, so in the background, I might spend a couple of pages on Colin No She or Bloody Shane. You know, give them the short amount of time you know where I can give them you know some fun things to do. Uh, but with something like White Druid or, or Guardians, I mean, the, the, the larger Omenverse plan uh, tends to take priority because it has to. Uh, so, you know, sometimes that means I might have to trim things I might want to do or move scenes to another issue uh, to keep the books uh, going according to plan and, you know, making sure that we hit those points. Uh, fortunately, though, uh, you gave us Dark Oracles, and I will always be thankful for that because Dark Oracles uh, allows me that place where I can explore those kinds of subplots or character ideas that aren't a part of the big picture picture as much and kind of give me room to do that. So, you know, if you want to know more about the Trials of the Guardians of a Lamb, uh, or if you want to know about Bloody Shane, or if you want to know more about Colin, uh, Dark Oracles is where I tend to focus more on those stories. Um, if I can't tell a story in the pages of the main Oververge title that, that, that I'm doing, I'm like, okay, that's fine. Uh, that's just material that I can use for a Dark Oracle story, and that's fine. Um, with that book, I tend to focus more on the A plot uh, with maybe a little bit of a B plot in terms of like the, uh, the Thoughtseize, which are the narrator, um, as I need to. You know, that, that Dark Oracles is definitely different in that aspect. Um... And none of the other books do we deal with a host. Mm-hmm. Um, so that that definitely makes it different with Thoth being the host of the story. Um, you know, you, uh, you with your, with how you're saying how how there tends to be a B plot with with Thoth. Um, mm-hmm. That's that that makes uh, writing an issue. Uh, interesting too because you also got to draw that line uh between what what thoth is 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 going through going over the story as well as what's happening in the story as well yeah you need to draw the line between uh the story that he's narrating and why he's doing it so yeah so um writer's block uh this is something i hear uh, a lot about uh on twitter and in different writers groups um, people talking about how uh, they they just can't move forward in their story, uh, or they're just they're just stuck, and uh, they they don't know they they don't know how to how to work this one particular scene, or or some kind of issue like that is is preventing them from being able to finish their book. Um, so I wanted to I, I wanted to talk a little bit about some things that uh, you know me and Steve have picked up. Uh, in, as far as uh, getting through those things, or um, I'm I'm the type of person um, I, I tend to look at things as equations. Um, if there's an issue with uh, part of the equation, I like to just remove, remove numbers. <laughs> um, like uh, so, the the I think the number one, the best way uh, to to uh, avoid. It, it, to deal with writer block is to avoid it. Um, mm. When uh, when I when I work, I and, and I think most creatives work like this. Uh, we I do it best by inspiration. You know what I mean? Like it's got to be something like, oh, I'd like to do this, or I've got an idea for this scene or a character, or something along those lines. It's it's got to come. It's got to come naturally because I think uh, forcing stuff. Uh, Really, just makes it uh, makes it uh, it 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 decreases the quality. How's that? Um, 
for that reason, I, I try to avoid time crunches like deadlines um, by staying several books ahead of my schedule and writing. I mean, um, like I'm writing five different books right now, and um, I'm I'm currently like uh, I want to say six or seven issues um, ahead of of the the next books being published and stuff so i mean there's i mean i i literally have months and months of of uh time to to get inspired and that that usually helps me out a lot um so uh i i don't know i i think that is the the most efficient way to do it especially if you're gonna have to deal with uh uh deadlines or something if you if you know, like if you try to keep up with it just on a as it comes out uh, basis. Um, but however, um, the times that I have had to deal with writer's block, um, there's a there's a couple of different ways I, I'll I'll go about dealing with it. Um, one of them is uh, to watch different uh, films or shows or comics. Um, I think one of the best ways to learn the craft of writing is to see how those that came before us did it. Um, oftentimes I will find inspiration for a scene or a character doing that and that gets me through the the writer's block like I'll I'll be I'll be watching a show and I'll say, hey, you know, I like how they how they decided to uh, it works let me let me preface this it's it works a little bit better if you know, uh, the show that you're that you're watching in in how I do it uh, because as you're watching it you know the things that are going to come in the future so you can watch how the story is being built how it's being put together and uh, you can pick up ways that oh I like how they decided to to uh, set up that little story element or how they how they decided to go with that and it it gives me an idea of something that I'd like to do and uh, that that'll get me through the writer's block. But uh, another thing I, I think and this might just be specific to me, but um, uh, I like to walk in circles. Uh, I, Particularly, especially a large circle. Um, if you're if you're weirded out about people watching you walk in circles, you probably ought to do this in your yard or something. I don't know, but um, uh, while I'm walking in the circle, um, I like to think about the story. Um, I try to think about it from beginning to end, how I want to start it um, and how I want to end it, and I, I break it down into sections. Uh, I think about the plot, I think about the characters, and each time I walk around in that circle, I try to have gone through the story in my head, and it helps me fill out the middles of the story, which is uh, a lot of times, I think, where, where people get uh, bound up. Um, but this helps me to visualize the story and fill in the gaps that I've, that I've missed. There's something about the repetitive walking in a circle that, um, I don't know, it, it brings my mind into focus. But either way, I'm writing again. Yeah, um, I, I will say I have done something similar. Um, it's just, I don't do it in a circle, but I do pace back and forth sometimes. And it does the same thing for me. But I know what you're saying. Um, either way, I usually do recommend like going out for a walk or doing something physical. Um, even if you're just like, you know, walking in a circle or you're walking, you know, back and forth and you're pacing in your house or whatever. Um, but I, I do like to go outside and do it uh, because a lot of times it helps get the blood flowing. 
Um, that usually helps, uh, you know, getting ideas to flow. And, and I just find at those times, it's just a good quiet time to think, which is good for writing. Um, and also going outside, um, you know, or, or at least, you know, going in other places, you know, gives you inspiration because it's sometimes you might get inspiration from the different places that you find, you know, just outside your door. Um, Neil Gaiman actually came up with the idea for his book, The Graveyard Book, because he did this. You know, he took his young son out to a graveyard and it's like, yeah, I want to do The Jungle Book, but with a graveyard. Um, and that just kind of got him thinking. Uh, so you could do something like that. Um, so I would say, you know, think about the places that are around you, you know, think about the places in your daily life and see like, you know, how can they be used as ideas for stories? Um, you know, you can also like just think about the experiences that you have in your daily life and see, you know, can I use that as fodder for stories? You know, just keep your mind open and looking for them. Um, there was uh, something that I had actually seen just like going to a Walmart um, that I might actually use uh, and, and kind of exaggerate as like a blitz scene. Uh, so that's, you know, those are the kinds of things that you can look for. Just just anything at all that you can find. Um, and sometimes playing music can sometimes help depending on your process. If you're one of those people that really likes to have background music uh, to kind of help them think, um, you know, I would say, you know, find something that really uh, works for you, uh, whether it's like classical or, you know, video game music like I do, or, you know, just you know, the kind of stuff that you enjoy, whether it's rock or whatever, you know, something that, that helps your mind and, and, you know, is something that you can keep on the back burner, um, but it's not too distracting. So, you know, that can sometimes help depending on your process. I personally need it quiet when I'm writing. Um, but I totally, I've, I've talked to several writers who uh, use music to set the mood, uh, particularly mm -hmm. if they're writing a new character or something, or if they're writing, when they're writing a certain book, they like to play music uh, in the background that fits a certain mood. Uh, so, I mean, I, I found that interesting. But um, as far as, as far as music helping you with writer's block, there, there is actually something uh, scientific uh, and, on, I'm, and I think on an even biological level uh, that goes along with that. Um, I don't know if you know this, but Einstein uh, played the violin and uh, he, he would often play the violin uh, in order to uh, work through his physics problems. Um, I believe even uh, the character Sherlock Holmes did this. Um, but uh, music is directly rooted in math. And uh, when you're talking uh, about math, you're getting into details and, and analysis. And, and I think that uh, music helps get your brain into that mood. Yeah, that, that, that makes sense, especially when it comes to Sherlock Holmes. I kind of wonder whether Doyle did that, and that kind of helped his process, but you know, I guess we'll never know. Um, I will say uh, beyond that, I would, I would kind of get back to your point about expanding influences and exposing yourself to new things, because a lot of times, you know, just seeing something new can spark an idea. Um, I would say it, this can include comics, um, but I would say try to look outside of what you normally read, whether that's, you know, different genres. So, like, if you're mainly into superhero comics, you know, maybe you could find something that's not a superhero comic. Um, or just look into prose uh, books, you know, that are not, you know, like your typical genre. So, like, I'm more into science fiction. So, for me, it would be like, okay, you know, here's a mystery book or, or, or something else. Um, many writers will usually encourage you to look outside of your typical genre. Um, that having been said, it doesn't necessarily be the typical standard advice of, okay, you know, read something you don't like in order to get an idea. Um, you, can, you can look outside of other things, too. 
Um, so you can look outside of your favorite medium even. So um, rather than necessarily look at books or comics, I mean, you could look at uh, video games or music or anything like that. Um, I play narrative-driven video games a lot, uh, RPGs, things like this. So I'm a big fan of like Final Fantasy, Persona, um, you know, Trails of Cold Steel, things like this. And sometimes I get ideas from these kinds of things. Um, TV and film can also be really good source of ideas. And, and again, you can kind of stretch outside of your normal genre in that, and that still works. Um, I sometimes dig into nonfiction, um, like documentaries. Um, I've gotten story and character ideas that way. Uh, there was one recently I saw called The Brain by David Eagleman, uh, which actually was really interesting in, in thinking about like how the brain physically works. So if you're a Daredevil fan, there's a particular thing where they kind of go into, you know, sensory information and how it's processed. So, you, you know, you could get a Daredevil story that, that way, for example. Uh, and it's also a good idea to do research from time to time. Uh, I do a lot of research for Guardians, for example. So, you know, sometimes, you know, I might find an interesting item that it's like, oh, yeah, that could be a cool Guardian story. So, you know, those those kinds of things are the way I, I tend to work. Um, though, for me, unblocking is to a certain extent an unconscious process. Uh, you know, sometimes I, it doesn't necessarily work until I know it works and I'm starting to get ideas flowing naturally. Um, I need time for my mind to process through a problem, and sometimes my subconscious will work on something while my conscious mind is dealing with something else. So it's like when I'm stuck, the last thing I want to do is think about the story. Um, I need my subconscious to work on it in the background and, and, and get unstuck uh, on its own. Um, and sometimes just sleeping through a problem will work for me. Uh, I don't know why, but it does this. I have gone to bed stuck on an idea and woken up with an answer sometimes. Um, this Now, keep in mind, this is not necessarily going to work for everybody. If it doesn't work for you, then you might want to try something else. But uh, this does sometimes work for me. Uh, sometimes it'll be an overnight fix even, and sometimes it'll take longer. Um, I actually got stuck on a Blix character idea for years until, like, last week. <laughs> uh, and I'm like, yeah, I know who this character is now, like, after just years of being stuck on her. Um, so that's the kind of thing that you can think about. Uh, patience is important. Um, like you mentioned, Mike, uh, you can't force an idea to happen. You have to wait for the process to take its time, um, however long that takes for you. Uh, and a lot of times forcing idea will make the block worse and it'll take longer to fix. So yeah, don't 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 try to push through it. Uh, just go let just let your mind work at its own pace. Um, so yeah, for me, managing writer's block is just encouraging the natural process of decramping or you know uh, decluttering basically. Um, and then beyond that, uh, work on more than one thing. Um, I, I have a friend who's really struggling with this, uh, but he's kind of starting to learn to do this. Um, but typically what I will do is I will usually work on more than one thing in case I get stuck on something. And uh, thankfully, you really give me enough that I don't have to worry about that. So if I get stuck on uh, Druid and Nero, I mean, I can work on Guardians. I can work on Dark Oracles um, or I can do Blitz, you know, I have, or, or other projects. I mean, there's plenty of things, you know, that I can jump between. So usually I'm never blocked on everything. Um, I'm usually blocked on something specific. So, you know, maybe I might get stuck on Nero one day and just like, okay, I'll work on Guardians tomorrow and that's fine. And, and then I'll get and then I'll figure out what 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 I need to do on Nero later. Uh, so yeah, it's usually just a specific project I get stuck. And then um, if you have a secondary project, you'll have something to do while you're waiting to get unstuck. So you're not just sitting there, you know, twiddling your thumbs, you know, waiting for inspiration. You know, you have something that you're actively doing, which I think helps. 
Uh, and it's always a good idea to have a backup project to work on anyway. I mean, especially if you're naturally a multitasker. Um, I very much am a multitasker. I have like tons of stuff and, you know, I, I'm a bit of, uh, ooh, shiny and I go that way. So, you know, I think it's, 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 it's good if you're a multitasker. Um, and you can always jump between projects that prevent getting stuck. You can, you can say, okay, I'm going to work on, you know, this, this week. I'll do Nero today and then, you know, work on Guardians tomorrow and then, you know, grab drowsily jump back and forth. So that gives you enough time to recharge on a project so that you can get the inspiration, and that's a good thing as well. Right. R writing multiple titles at once definitely helps me a lot as well. In fact, um, it works so well that I can't actually imagine doing it another way. Um, I think just, just writing, uh, working on one title all the time would, uh, it would be, I'm just saying it right now, it feels draining. <laughs> um, but uh, I, I, I find this interesting. Um, Stephen King said that he works on multiple projects too, just like just like we're talking about. Um, he, he said, I don't, I, I don't know if I've mentioned this before, but he has said that uh, he, he has a he has a drawer full of stories uh, that he's working on and he occasionally pulls them out and goes over them. Um, I'll tell you how long ago he said this. He has a drawer full of stories, um, <laughs> and uh, but he would he would go on, going over the stories again. Um, he would often find uh, inspiration because uh, it was like looking at the story again with with fresh eyes. You know, while I don't use a drawer, I do have dozens of partial, uh, partially written stories, outlines, and character ideas uh, on my computer. Um, I mean, along with the five titles I'm currently writing. Uh, time gives us fresh eyes, and I think that's really the secret there. Yeah, uh, I, I do very much the same thing with that. Um, when it comes to stories that I've done or at least scripts that I've done, I have to take a certain amount of time away from them uh, before I send them to our editor because I need to go back at it and say, okay, am I missing something? You know, is there something that I need to unblock or I need to see? And and sometimes that really helps to do that. Um, so yeah, I, I kind of think that you know, every so often you do need to kind of step away and come back and then see, you know, what, what your mind is telling yourself and maybe what you saw before you didn't previously. So that's not a bad idea. Um, and I would say beyond that, just find ways to look at your story in new ways if you can, um, you know, and, and, and time is usually part of that. Um, I like to try to ask questions, um, you know, new questions. Sometimes it's possible that finding the right question leads to an answer that unblocks you and it's like, you know, sometimes, you know, take things for granted. Like a lot of times it's like, okay, why does uh, Michael Nero like this particular kind of music? What got him into music? And and then I, I kind of thought about that and I realized, oh yeah, of course he's trying to get away from the third site. And, you know, this is, you know, and this is also a thing that he's into for that reason. So, you know, sometimes those little things give you ideas. Um, you want to look also for something that you hadn't thought about too deeply before, something that'll lead you in the right direction. Um, you, you want to think about what idea do you take for granted? Um, you know, what is it about your character or about your story that, you know, seems kind of like natural to you and you haven't really thought that deeply about it? And, and you can always question that and see where it takes you. Um, beyond that, I would say ask for feedback from other writers or friends who are good at spots or holes in your writing. I mean, fortunately, <laughs> I've got Mike over here and he's usually very good at answering questions if I need to. Or, you know, I have uh, Russ, our editor. He's very good. And, and I have other uh, friends that I do talk about things, certain things about from time to time. Um, this helps fix the problems, but it also uh, the people that you interact with may also ask questions that you may not have considered yourself. 
Um, so yeah, if you have an editor or a co-writer, these people are also good to turn to. If you don't have either, um, somebody who's really good at digging the fine detail helps, especially if you're more of a big picture kind of writer. Um, you know, I have somebody where I get really stuck. Um, I can always say, okay, what am I missing? And she's usually very uh, willing to tell me that. Um, and also writers groups, if you have any, are really helpful with these issues if you have access to one, um, even if it's like just people on Twitter that you talk to a lot. So yeah, definitely uh, take advantage of, of anybody you have in your life that can give you feedback um, and can give you the right uh, kind of advice. This is a big one, in my opinion. Um, having others, especially other writers, look at your work is essential. Um, you know, iron sharpens iron. Uh, I, I learned this trying to uh, be my own editor, which I don't recommend, by the way. Um, when I was going over my own work, I tended to like skim through it and I would uh, overlook uh, mistakes that I made because like I knew what I meant, even as far as uh, like, I mean, I would practically see it uh, on the page the way I intended it instead of the way I wrote it. Um, and because of that, I would miss issues with sentence structure and spelling issues and, and narration problems and, and all, all kinds of things just because um, I wasn't reading it based upon what I wrote. I was reading it based upon the story in my head. And uh, I know that that might, that might sound easy to distinguish. Um, it is not, especially if you're, if you're just starting out at this. Uh, that's why I hired our editor, uh, Russ Pirozek, and also why I turned to Steve for his opinion and advice as a fellow Omenverse creator and writer. Um, you know, there there's wisdom in the multitude of councils. Yeah, I definitely would agree. Do not be your own editor. Uh, get somebody who you trust and know what they're doing and, and do it. I mean, it, it you know it might be an expense, but it's worth it. Um, or you know you can always you know just go and do what I'm doing like on a novel project. Uh, I have a friend, and it's like we're basically edit each other's stuff. Um, you know, and that usually is an option. So there are definitely options uh, for getting somebody to look over your stuff if you need that. Um, and I will say beyond that, uh, think about like taking a few steps back uh, in your process and thinking if it opens doors or not. Uh, sometimes a previous decision you wrote uh, might have ridden you in a corner. So you can always like backtrack a step and see, okay, maybe if I do something else and see if that works better. Um, I don't do that a whole lot, but I've heard that like uh, writers like Mark Wade has done that and, and that has worked for them. Um, and it's possible that the new idea that you have might be better than the old one and that can open storytelling doors. Um, Beyond that, uh, there are ways that you can work with a block. Um, I don't do this a whole lot anymore, but um, this is one of those things that's often recommended and that's uh, free writing. Uh, and the idea is just like, uh, just to put stuff down on paper or on the keyboard and just write whatever's on your mind without stopping. Uh, it doesn't have to make sense. It doesn't have to be coherent. And in fact, I recommend you don't stop yourself because your internal filter is what is blocking you. Uh, so you wanna write faster than your block. Um, and the idea is you want to keep writing until the subconscious has a chance to work and see what the subconscious says. Um, so you want to overcome the blank page, which is the biggest trick. Um, and it's okay to start like with, okay, I can't think of anything and just write about whatever your problem is and then just get whatever it is on the page until you're in a rhythm. Uh, just do that for a couple minutes, maybe for a page or two, see what comes out. And then take a step back and look at what you wrote. And, and sometimes uh, you might surprise yourself. Maybe there's something in the free writing that you can use 
Uh, maybe something jumped out at you and your subconscious already worked through your problem while you were doing the free writing, gave you something helpful, or you can see something that can spark an idea. Um, and if it doesn't, that's okay. I mean, you can always, you know, use what you wrote elsewhere if you, if you can't use it for your current problem. So, uh, and then beyond that, I would say the biggest problem with writer's block is perfectionism. We can block ourselves because we want uh, the the perfect uh, and the perfect is often the enemy of the good, uh, as, as it's often said. And, and that's definitely true with writer's block. So you want to write the best story possible, and that's a good goal. Uh, but too much perfectionism can block you because then you start giving yourself performance anxiety. A uh, certain amount of this is normal, and it's okay. Uh, you don't have to be perfect to be a good writer. Just be the best one you can reasonably be. Get the best story out that you can right now. Um, and, and you want to be kind to yourself. I mean, you want to tell yourself supportive things, and you want to overcome whatever fears you have. Um, you know, it, it, maybe it's you're afraid to, you know, just to sort of share things, or, you know, maybe you're afraid to see, okay, what is this person going to say about the story? Don't worry about that stuff. Um, try to identify what is kind of blocking you and see what you can do to overcome that. Um, but in the end, uh, you have to give yourself permission to make mistakes at first. You can fix things later. That's what the editing process is for. Um, but just give yourself permission to write it, and then that can unblock you and that can open doors. And then if you're worried about things later, you know, you, you have the editing process to worry about that stuff. I I do understand that 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 need to, to want it to be perfect. Um, but I, I think honestly, um, Leonardo da Vinci uh, summed it up best when he said that art is never finished, it's only abandoned. Um, I think, know this, you know, when your perfectionist mind uh, starts cranking its engine, at some point we just have to say it's good enough. Um, you know, uh, it, at some point, you have to say, okay, this is the goal I was trying to accomplish. It happened. These are the points I wanted to meet. I did that. Um, you know, you, you obviously, as we talked about, you have other writers look at it and stuff. Um, it, at some point, you, you just have to accept that. And while it's never going to be completely perfect the way you want it exactly uh as he said our art is never finished but you do have to abandon it at some point um I, well i think that was our our subplots and uh writer's block episode um if you have any tips or comments uh please let us know and until then uh remember that the pen is mightier than the sword Thank you for listening to the Omen Comics podcast. This has been Steve Sellers and Michael Nunnally here with Omen Comics. And uh, we encourage you to look into all our Omenverse titles, wherever they might be sold, including Comixology, Amazon, uh, Draw Me in Comics, and elsewhere. Uh, if you like our content, please like, subscribe, hit the magic bell for notifications. And until next time, we'll see you in the Omenverse. I hope you've had fun hanging out with us today on ORP. I know that Steve and I have had fun making this episode. If you've had fun too, we invite you to share this episode and help us get the word out. For our Spotify listeners, we ask you to please rate our show as well. That can really help to grow our audience. But to all our listeners everywhere, we want to say thank you for listening and we'll see you in two weeks.